Hello and welcome. I'm Susie Jones along with Peg Webb and Bruce Helmer reminding you it is your money. And if at any time in the next hour you have a question or a comment, you can call our text line or our call in line at 651-461-9226. Now again, once again, is Senior Vice President, Financial Advisor Peg Webb and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Hello to both of you. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Right. Happy New Year, Bruce. Happy New Year. And, and uh, Peg, I've missed you. It's good to be together again. And Susie, i got to tell you, every time I first hear your voice when we go on the air, yeah. you, it, you make me smile. You just have such a warm <laughs> way about you. It's Thank good you. to be with you again. We had a couple of weeks off because of the holidays. And Peg, I think you even took a week off before that. So it's been even longer since you and I have been together. But ladies, three weeks ago, um, and Peg, you weren't, that was, that was a show that I did that you weren't there. During the show, we had a question on credit shelter and, and the taxation of. And I was not happy at all with my answer. I heard the term credit shelter, and in my head, I'm like, I know what that is. Why am I not, why is my brain not giving me this answer? And I gave an answer that was kind of hogwash. It wasn't wrong, but it really didn't, I, I don't think, address the question that the texter wanted. And as soon as we got off air, my brain filled in the missing word why I couldn't come up with the answer, credit shelter trust. Uh, the texter just said credit shelter, and I didn't add the trust. Once I did that, I knew what my answer should have been. So I wanted to go back to that really quick. Credit shelter trusts are trusts for affluent people that are trying to avoid or minimize their estate tax liability by passing on proceeds from one individual estate to the marital partner's estate. Um, these trusts uh, allow a surviving spouse to maintain certain rights to trust assets during the remainder of their lifetime after their spouse passes away. Um, sometimes they're known as AB trusts or bypass trusts, and that's because essentially they bypass trusts in which um, the spouse has a separate taxable estate. So in other words, the law that allows people to exclude assets when they die is not a married number. It's an individual number. It's roughly, I don't know, Peg, what is it up to now? Over $10 million per person. So it's not it's $20 million as a couple. I'm sorry, what? It's close to $13 million a piece 13. now. Right. So it's not $26 million as a couple. It's 13 individually, but you have to take proper planning to be able to take advantage of that full 13. And a credit shelter trust is one of the financial planning or legal mechanisms that you can use to do that. So I think that I'm 99% sure now that that's what the texter was looking for, and that's not what they got three weeks ago. So I hope, I hope they're listening today. And then the other thing I wanted to go back really quick on, I think, Peg, it was the last show you did. We were talking about you know things that uh, make people financially successful. The, the theme of the show might have been, okay, you got your first million, now how do you get your second? And I had made the comment that almost all of the financially successful people that I know are really into self-improvement. They read or they do books on tape or whatever or listen to books in the car, but they do a lot of study and, and self-improvement. And I got a barrage of questions from people recommending books that I like. And I came up with a couple really quick, and Peg, maybe you have a favorite, but um, anything by Harvey McKay, Swim with the Sharks, written in the 80s, still stands the test of time. Harvey also wrote a really, really good book about negotiating. Um, 
if it's uh, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, Dale Carnegie, How to Make Friends and Influence People, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, these are all things I read in my lifetime. If it's this personal financial book, my personal favorite, <laughs> other than my own, is uh, Rick Edelman, The Truth About Money. Peg, do you have a favorite thing or, or book or self-improvement thing that you'd tell listeners about? Well, my uh, favorite favorite for decades is Tony Robbins. And I know that, you know, some listeners might think, oh, I don't like that guy or I don't. He's, you know, trying to be all that, blah, blah, blah. No, he to me, we're talking about now what motivated me. What did I read? What tapes did I listen to over the decades uh, was Tony Robbins because I'll put it in a nutshell. After I would listen to his takes, the vision I had, and I'm a visionary, so I walk around with pictures in my head, like I've got a movie going all the time. He actually made my, if my movie was starting to get in black and white, meaning I wasn't super confident that I was going to be able to achieve what I'm seeing, I would listen to his tapes and that vision, boom, turned into color. And so I give him a lot of credit. The other one is Dan Sullivan. If you Google Dan Sullivan, he started a company called Strategic Coach. And I attended those classes for six years. And so he's got a lot of just super simple templates that you can use um, to organize yourself. We're actually going to talk a little bit about that today. And then, Bruce, I'd have to say um, your books you know, uh, money and the people you love. And, uh, you know, if you just Google Bruce Helmer, you have several books out there. And I like that, you know, you're really down to earth. And I feel like it's, it's something that you would certainly want to give young people because your concepts um, give a greater understanding of what do you need to know to even get started or your books are good just for a refresher for everybody listening today. Uh, so Bruce Helmer's books. Oh, that's nice of you to say thank you. I, I, I uh, that, that makes my day. Thank you, Peg. Um, so listeners and Susie, today uh, Peg and I are going to talk about organizing your finances, and we're going to we're going to focus on the first quarter. We are we are officially past the holiday season we're eight days in the 2023 and we 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 thought you know we we look at planning we look at both short term and and long term and if you and if you just have real long-term goals but you don't carve up carve it up into shorter segments to make it um, more digestible more more understandable more measurable in the short term and so, Peg, that's what we're going to talk about today, organizing your finances and things to focus on in the first quarter of the year and why we do this in the first quarter of the year. Yeah, I, I feel like thank you, marketing, for thinking of this a year ago. So now we're into our second year, you know, dissecting the um, quarters. And we try to think of the top three things that we would want to coach people on um, to do. And so when we look at 2023, and we're now talking about January, February, March, the media overall does kind of help us in that January is Financial Wellness Month. So it's a great time. You're going to see lots of articles pop up um, with a long list of to-dos. 
But today we just want to talk about maybe your specific financial goals and your resolutions. Now, people might turn off, Bruce. They might say, I'm not listening to that. I don't do any of that. I don't. Um, I'm a huge... I've already broken several resolutions. <laughs> I am a huge proponent of goal setting. I always have been. Um, and I don't necessarily just. Uh, do it for one year. I'm doing it for this year. You know, I'm a visionary. So I'm always like five years out. The only problem with that now is I have to picture myself, Bruce, five years older because I'm always, you know, picturing, okay, what am I doing this time frame? What am I doing that time frame? Well, you brought up, and I think it was last time I was on the show, um, you had asked me about that SMART, you know, that acronym that actually just kind of helps us well, how do you set these goals? And that, and I just want to repeat today because you asked me and I went, oh, I don't have that on the top of my head, but you did. You actually mentioned the S is for specific, the M is for measurable, the A is for achievable, the R is for realistic or either relevant, and then lastly, the T is for time bound. That always helped me because when you think about goal setting, it can be overwhelming and yes, you know, put some high level goals, but if you don't dissect, you know, each one of these, you know, the S, the SMART um, acronym, then you're, you aren't going to, you're not going to track it. You're not going to follow that. That's why I actually brought up Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach, because they have a lot of good templates to just dive into this. Uh, so that's one piece, Bruce, of our overall theme for the month of January is to increase your financial literacy. And what do you have to do for that? Well, Bruce, you just named a whole bunch of books that I would absolutely read again, um, Harvey McKay and et cetera. And so it's reading, it's going online, you know, putting something in the, the um the Google area and just say, Hey, what about this? And, and start to read about it, Bruce. You know, one of the things that occurs to me, Peg, is that there are probably listeners out there going, you know, this is all well and good focusing on my money or setting goals. But I did that in 2022 and it didn't help. I lost money. My 401k shrunk and I feel like I'm beating my head against a wall um, there's no question, 2022 was a tough year. There's no way around that. Virtually every asset class that we use when we manage portfolios on behalf of clients, stocks, bonds, real estate, uh, precious metals, the only thing that maybe maybe made a little money was commodities with oil, but m most everything was down. It was a tough year, so I understand people's frustration, but that doesn't mean you stop doing the things that will ultimately get you where you want to be. You can't let one bad year, you know, if you're doing things and you had a plan and it all made sense, you know, in, at the end of 2021, it didn't stop making sense just because we had a bad year in the market in 2022. So we want to keep doing those good things, those smart things that will ultimately probably benefit us a lot uh, in 2023. Yeah, we often say, Bruce, you know, you need to control what you can control. The, the events that happened in 2022 were beyond our control. But hopefully, you know, you have a plan that you'll stick to. Yes, maybe you said I'm going to increase 5% um, or a year or something. But if you, and, and you didn't do that, 
last year in 2022, hopefully you looked, you know, in the in the past, and that is an average number. That does not mean that you're going to get that rate of return every single year. So you got to be realistic. So I talked about these goals, and you do have to be realistic and choose something that's achievable. But let's talk about um, things that you can control. You can control creating a net worth statement. So Bruce, with these introduction meetings that we do, and this time of year, um, it is more active. People, they look at a new calendar year, and, and one of their goals is, I've got to get organized. And if you're, if you're willing to talk to a financial advisor, now is the time that people think about it. It's winter and not everywhere in the U S but it's winter in most places and people are looking for something to do and they want to make progress in 2023. So the best thing is, is to create a net worth statement. What is, what are the things that you have that are assets? What liabilities do you have? And what is your net worth? It, believe me, from the introduction meetings that I do, people have all sorts of statements, Bruce, all over the place, and they hand them to me, but they've never really created their own personal net worth statement. So that would be my number one, Bruce. Yeah, I like that, and I agree with that. And, you know, some of the other things as we talk about January being Financial Wellness Month, I'll just rattle some things off that, and, and you can comment further. Peg, I think a lot of people don't know how much they spend or where they spend it. I think a lot of people, um, when they get increases in their compensation, don't necessarily increase their, their saving uh, or investing by the same percentage. Um, I think a ton of people in this country don't have a rainy day or an emergency fund. I think a lot of people don't know what their credit score is or how to get it. These are all things and, and, and more that they can be working on in January. Yeah, I'm a big one with spending and budgeting. And so I wanted to mention I use Mint.com, and that is an online budget um, a software and then it also, because I just talked about a net worth statement, they also allow you to download everything and create a net worth statement for you um, with all the numbers uh, daily updated. So there's organization today, there's more than ever, there's organization tools out there that can help. I want to go to that credit re report score thing that you talked about. That's huge. And I think it, people feel like that's painful. I don't necessarily have a lot of credit out there. I don't want to do it. Well, maybe there's things on that report that you don't know. So there, those reports are free through these major rating agencies. If you visit annualcreditreport.com, um, you can request one or you can actually call them 1-877-322-8228. And so um, we highly encourage people and we um, tell our clients all the time, if you haven't uh, gotten an update one of those, then um, you should do it right now. Then, Bruce, the other one is when we're talking about um, performance and asset classes that have not uh, gained anything in 2022, it is time to review your portfolio. I can't leave that out. It's January's Financial Wellness Month. You know, look at your portfolio. Do you feel like you're in the proper, uh, appropriate asset allocation uh, for you? Meaning, how much risk are you taking? That's number one. But then, what parts of the world are you investing in? 
Um, I know Wealth Enhancement Group made more changes in 2022 than we had done in a long time. So that kind of gives you a tip that maybe you shouldn't just necessarily just stay with what you have. Maybe there's some, um, maybe you stay in the stock market, but there's parts of the world that might um, perform better in the short term uh, than others. Bruce? Yeah, I, all, all good stuff, Peg. I like all that. In January, it's probably not too early also to start planning and prepping the things you need to do to get your tax return done. But the, the thing that occurs to me, Peg, all these things that we just mentioned, and I know some people are going to say it's shameless self-promotion, but it, I believe in it. I, I've seen the data. I've seen the evidence. A lot of these things you don't have to worry about individually if you work with a financial advisor because they will lead, lead you to do these things and help you to do these things, and they make it a lot easier. And, and you know, it's, all these things are ways that we add value to our clients. So um, I, I'm, I'm not trying to promote just Wealth Enhancement Group, but I am trying to promote that I think if you use a good advisor, you increase your chances uh, for success. Anything else in January or you want to move to February? I'll move to February because it's such a, a heartful month in that Valentine's Day is February 14th. And and the reason I bring that up is just because when you think about Valentine's Day, I for sure, um, and I'm thinking most listeners out there, are going to think about the ones that they love. So we're going to go and tell you again to review your estate plan. And what's, what's an estate plan? That's your will or your trust or your beneficiary designations on all of your life insurance policies and your IRAs. And, and truly what it is, is, do you, you know, do you want to ask yourself this? Do you want to get your assets to the people that you intend to give them to? So what part of our, you know, day-to-day practice on our agendas for our review, um, and my clients will tell them, tell you absolutely, she says, are, are you still in alignment with who you're giving this money to? God forbid something happens to you. And it's amazing how many times that they do change their mind. Like they want to give some to charity versus their family or, you know, maybe somebody prematurely passed away and they're still listed. And so beneficiary designations, and it's amazing how many reviews I do that people don't know this. They're saying, oh, I have a will, I have a trust that'll all be taken care of. But if we list a beneficiary, let's say on your IRA, your Roth IRA or your traditional IRA, um, your 401k, that designation supersedes the directives that you have in your will. So it will go directly to those people. So even when people change their wills and trust, we make sure that that matches what is it that you want, you know, on these beneficiary designations, Bruce. You know, back to, I'm, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Back to beneficiary designations. Peg, I can't believe how often, when a prospective new client comes and meets us for the first time and I have them check beneficiaries because they think everything is all set up, how often that they have accounts where either they don't have a beneficiary and they thought they did or they do have a beneficiary but it's not who they want it to be because some they had some change in their life and they forgot to change the beneficiary. So absolutely, in February, it's a great time to check on that and make sure you've got all that stuff set up the way that you want it if you haven't done so recently. You'd be surprised 
uh, how many of you are going to find something maybe isn't it isn't the way you that you intended it to be. Hey, Peg and Susie, I'm going to suggest uh, we're getting close to the end of our first segment. I know um, when we come back, we'll we'll spend a lot of time talking about March, and we'll tie a bow on our topic. And then Susie, you know, we can. Uh, I'd love to have listeners chime in on this. Um, either what we're talking about today and their experiences or any and all financial questions, of course, we always take. Uh, when Peg's not here, that's the weeks I get, get them wrong and i got to come back uh, <laughs> and, fix, and fix it later. But when Peg's here, we'll get it right. So we'll, we'll get listeners involved in the second half of the show also. That sounds great. Remember, if you are listening and you have a question for Bruce or Peg about your own situation, the number to call for the next half an hour here is 651-461-9226. Again, I'll say it again, 651-461-9226. Remember, you can also email your questions to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. That's your money at wealthenhancement.com. We'll be back with more of your questions after this. It is your money. And if you're listening right now and you have a question you want to email to the folks at your money, you can do that at your money at wealthenhancement.com. Once again, that is your money at wealthenhancement.com. For the next little bit here, though, we have about a half an hour left at 651-461-9226. If you have a question for Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb or the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer, welcome back to both of you. Peg? Thank you, Susie. Bruce? Um, and, and Peg, a quick recap. if uh, Listeners, if you joined us late, uh, we've been talking about organizing your finances uh, for 2023, starting with the first quarter. In January, we talked about January is actually uh, fed, uh, across the country is Financial Wellness Month. So we talked about setting financial goals and or call it a New Year's resolution if you want to. Be specific. Be be realistic. Um, we talked about uh, uh, the importance of a net worth statement, trying to improve your financial literacy. Uh, tracking your spending and avoiding unnecessary spending, paying off bills, maybe increasing your contributions to retirement plans, especially if your compensation went up, uh, create an emergency or a rainy day fund if you don't have one, uh, check your, your credit score. And Peg, actually, I wrote this down. You, Peg, had um, annualcreditreport.com, or there's a toll-free number, one 322 8228, you can get your credit score. And that matters, Peg, because the terms and conditions you get when borrowing money are highly influenced by how good your credit score is or not. So that's really important. And we talked about all these things maybe get done for you or with you automatically if you're smart enough to hire a good financial advisor. We talked about January also. Maybe it's not too early to start getting ready to get your taxes done for 2022. In February, we talked about, uh, since it's Valentine's Day, during the month of February, we, we focus on loved ones. So check your beneficiary designations, review your legal documents, make sure everything's doing what you want it to do to protect those loved ones. And Peg, we didn't really uh, get into March in the first half, so let's get into March. Yeah, we'll quickly go into March because I know that we've got callers and uh, some texters already. So uh, Sunday, March 12th is when we switch to daylight savings time. If it were me and I ruled the world, 
we would get rid of daylight savings time because it's just so disruptive um, all over the world, I believe. Uh, but what what would we do in March? Well, it's fire safety um, recommendations because uh, not only is it daylight savings time, but this is just a month where we re- we recommend that you check all your batteries for all your safety things. I just had this happen the other night where, you know, that that is just an annoying tweet that these things give, right? And why does it happen in the middle of the night? So uh, might as well do it now. And you can't find the one that's tweeting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, it happened to be right above my head. So that one was, uh, was easy to find. But this other one that we talk about with our clients is auto and home insurance policies. It is amazing where people just kind of put that in a drawer and never look back. Well, um, it's a good idea to get that reviewed. Every insurance company is not the same. And there's insurance companies that actually specialize in insuring certain things, but they don't insure other things. Or if they do, they charge a lot more for those other things because it's not like their bread and butter type of business. So with our clients, um, we do uh, send our clients to a um, an insurance company that uh, has multiple insurance companies that they work with versus a captive insurance company, because that way you can get covered on all these things that are unique to you. Monday, March 20th is the first day of spring. We're all looking forward to that already. But when we think about spring, we think about spring cleanup. And spring cleanup would be organizing and simplifying your financial life, like reducing paper clutter. Uh, I'm a bad one to talk about that, but I'm very organized. Or signing up for online billing or digital statements. Um, We talked a little bit about, uh, you know, getting ready for taxes already uh, for April. But many of you should probably be scanning your financial documents and your tax documents versus having them you know, physically in your house somewhere. And if they are, make sure that they're in a very secure place that uh, no one can find. It's just so much information about you uh, within the tax return that you wouldn't want uh, people to just find that and then haul off with it. And all of a sudden your credit is not good, you know? So Bruce. Yeah. Every, everything that Peg said was really, really good. I just want to go back to the, uh, the, the auto and homeowners insurance, you know, it, it's like anything else, Peg. You want competition. If you only talk to one company, you're going to get what they have. But if you go review multiple companies, um, there's a chance that with all those different companies you, that you can get either better insurance for the same price or be able to reduce uh, your costs some, uh, somehow. So, that is worth reviewing, not only for the uh, potential money savings, but also to make sure the coverage is covering everything that you want the way you want it. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, anything else before we go to uh, the, 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 the listeners with, uh, with calls and or texts? You wanted to mention something on our website, I think, didn't you? Yeah, I want to mention the website. But before I do that, this has no month relation at all. This is an action for right now. Uh, we were kind of ignoring like bank accounts because they were paying zero and we couldn't really get a whole lot at any other online bank or we just couldn't get a great spot for liquid money. Well, that has changed. So 
everyone listening, if you think you're earning zero at the bank or somewhere near zero, it is time to revisit. Either call your bank and say, nope, I don't accept that anymore. I want those higher rates of return. If you um, are interested, you can Google online banks with FDIC insurance, and you'll see they are paying, some of them are paying north of 4% now. So this is a reason I want people to take action because a lot of people don't know that. Once again, we didn't talk a lot about this money, that short-term money in our practice for years because it was all at zero. Now you can make money on that money. So that was one thing. The second thing is, is I ta often talk about our wealth enhancement website. So wealthenhancement.com. And if you go to insights, we just uploaded a webinar that Bruce Helmer uh, put together. It actually is kind of coming out of the pre-COVID coffers, if you will, meaning it's called the Your Retirement Roadmap. Everything in this webinar, as we discuss, you know, you're laying out for retirement, you need the roadmap, you've accumulated assets, but you don't have any idea really how do I turn those assets into a fixed income, a paycheck for the rest of my life. This is a, a webinar that Bruce did, and we have it on the Insights page under webinar. It was just put on there a couple weeks ago. And so I highly recommend uh, if you're interested looking at retirement, even five years out, this is one that you'd want to see. So and check that place often because we have another new one coming in a couple of weeks uh, where seven of our financial advisors talk about the seven highlights of 2023. Uh, and we got to each pick. I'm one of those seven. We got to each pick what highlight uh, we wanted to talk about. Bruce. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. It's so long ago, I for, almost, almost forgot doing it. Um, and then the good point on the interest rates, Peg, I, you know, when I get my statement now, I actually am making money. The difference between three point whatever I'm getting now as opposed to the point one that I was getting not so long ago, it's, it's significant. And I like opening those statements and seeing that I'm making some interest on my safe money in the bank. So I'm glad you, that you brought that up. All right, Susie, let's uh, let the listeners take us the rest of the way. All right, very good. That number to call is 651-461-9226. You can call us on that line or you can text us. Our caller, Doug, actually told our producer that he got his question answered, so he's all set. But there was a good text question. The SECURE Act 2.0 was passed in the last days of the 2022 Congress. It changed ages for RMDs. Can you comment on this? Thanks. Oh, wow. Well, Peg, the first one obviously was for years it had been 70 and a half, and now it's 72. But I can't remember. Is it supposed to change again? Yes, it's changing. I was just looking it up because um, it's, it's going to come in over time. So if you're turning 72 in 2023, um, you let's see. So the Secure Act, they're pushing the age which RMDs must start at 75, but that's starting in 2033. 2033. Okay. So yeah, a little bit of time then. Uh, this texture writes, "I'm told I'll be hit with a large estate tax bill. Other than slow-moving assets out of my estate, how can I minimize my taxes?" 
Okay, so this, uh, Peg, seems to be a question about strategies to reduce specifically estate taxes. And, Peg, I think it would be worthwhile for a lot of listeners if you kind of quantify the difference between income taxes and estate taxes. I think the, the, the regular public tends to just, you know, taxes are taxes are taxes, but they're not. There's a lot of different types of taxes and different strategies or things that you can do to mitigate some of those taxes. So if you would, you're better at this than I am. Talk a little bit about uh, income taxes versus estate taxes. Yeah, before I do that, remember how I just said it's gradual with the RMDs and the SECURE Act change? Well, the age to start taking RMDs is increasing to 73 in 2023, and then there's a phase-in for 10 years of time up to 75. So that's just a little clarity there. Okay, so state planning, we there's confusion around this all the time, income tax and estate taxes. So income tax is just something that we pay each and every year. Um, might be dividends, it might be withdrawals from your IRAs, it's all ordinary income. Um, when it comes to estate tax, there's certain assets that have privileges. And one privilege would be, let's say you bought a stock for a dollar, and that's your cost basis. But now the stock on the date of your death is worth $100. So there's $99 of capital gains per share on that stock. Well, when you die under the current law, that will, for the beneficiary, that will um, step up to $100 with no tax. So that's a good thing. The negative is all the IRAs and annuities and things where you have deferred income where you've been able to grow that money and um, kind of avoid Uncle Sam while you're alive, the beneficiaries will have to pay that tax. And so a lot of times when we talk about estate taxes, people feel like they kind of know what that means, but they don't know. And it depends on what your actual investment holdings are at the time of your death. Uh, did that answer that, Bruce? Um, that, that, yeah, I think that answered uh, most of it. But again, uh, talk a little bit, and I didn't even know the number, but you did. At the beginning of the show, I went back to Credit Shelter Trust uh, question I didn't do a very good job on three weeks ago, and you corrected me on the, on the excluded amount, the amount of assets that you can pass on without any concern about estate taxes, but then also, that's at the federal level. You might live in a state, we do in the state of Minnesota, where there's state estate taxes. Yes. So um, I mentioned $13 million because in 2023, we each get $12.92 million. So I rounded that a little bit, uh, which means a husband and wife is going to have, you know, almost $26 million. You do need to do some planning around that um, if you want to capture all of that $26 million, which we talked about earlier in the show. And then you do have to research your own state that you reside in. So Minnesota uh, was $3 million. They probably increased it a little bit per person. And Florida uh, is zero, as an, as an example. So 
I know many people like our clients have moved, moved all over the nation and we do lots of virtual reviews and we do virtual new introduction meetings these days. You know, times have really changed with COVID, but and people are moving about to all these different states. But it's actually where you reside. And, you know, if you die in a particular state like Florida versus Minnesota, your estate tax uh, will be different. But when I reference, Bruce, you know, how your assets will be taxed to your heirs, that doesn't change. So if you're in Florida and I have a big million dollar 401k or an IRA, uh, my beneficiary um, outside of my spouse, he could defer it as well but uh, will be taxed, whether you're in Minnesota or Florida. Bruce? I always like to say, I always like to say, Peg, that an estate tax really is voluntary. If you plan properly, you shouldn't have to pay estate taxes. If you pay estate taxes, it's because you didn't plan. With income taxes, we might be able to reduce them, but we're never going to be able to make them go away completely, probably. Um, but again, they're, they're very different. They work very differently. And the planning that we use to try to mitigate those taxes, the strategies vary widely based on you know what's going on. And all this becomes really, 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 really important when you're looking at retirement income planning. Because when people are working, Peg and Susie, their paycheck is their paycheck, and we're pretty limited on what we can do. But when you retire, what makes up your paycheck? Well, it might be Social Security. It might be withdrawals from a tax-deferred account. It might be withdrawals from a taxable account. It might be withdrawals from a tax-free account. It might be pension. And all those things can be taxed a little bit differently. They're not all taxed like a paycheck when you're working is taxed. So again, there's planning opportunity and strategies more so than ever once people reach retirement age and their income changes and all of the, the, the sources where they take that income, are, are, there's so many different options on where and how they take that income. Susie, more questions? And one, one more thing, Bruce, is you know Sorry. the estate tax numbers we just talked about are sunsetting you know, January of 2026. So we are doing lots of planning, and I'm glad you brought that up because you can take advantage of these high numbers now and do some planning. Uh, but as it sits today, we're reverting back um, to the 5.5 million um, around that number versus 13 million apiece. All right. It, we have a couple of minutes left here on the program. Uh, I have a question for you. This is from a listener, Susie J. <laughs> it's for me. I have boxes, Bruce and Peg, of old bills. I just put them in a, in a plastic tote tin, and they're in the garage, and they're just there. And I think, how long do I have to keep these old bills and old papers? And Because I love to organize too, Peg. So what's a good... Uh, amount of time to hold things? And then what do you do with them when it's time to get rid of them? Yeah, so quickly, I'll say uh, you must, must use a shredder these days. So if you don't have a shredder, uh, UPS stores take them, but yes, you have to pay. Um, our clients are able to, you know, drop some things off at our office. We're happy to do that for them. How long do you keep things? Well, it depends what kind of like bills and things. I don't keep that. It's all online. But when it comes to taxes, you have to be mindful of if I need this. And we normally say, you know, to keep seven years worth. 
That's why I talked about scanning. But here's a story. I'll make it really fast. We had a client, um, a new client come to us and they had been contributing to Roth IRAs for five years and they didn't even qualify. They had too high of income to be able to qualify. So um, when, when it comes in, when it comes to Roth IRAs and if you deposited money and you weren't supposed to, that's actually considered fraud. So the IRS can go back 20 years of time if they wanted to and assess penalties and things like that. So um, it isn't an easy answer, but I would think, you know, if you think you're going to need something, then keep it, but probably best to scan it instead of paper. All right. Thank you for that. I, I, I just want to add really quickly, Susie, if I can. Yeah. Um, I'm not as technologically proficient as Peg, so I don't scan. Um, but in terms of statements on investments, IRAs and 401ks and all that stuff, what I do personally, and I'm not saying it's right, is I keep three years' worth. And every time I get a statement, I literally put the new one in the front and take out the oldest one so that it's I, I throw one away every time I get one, or I shouldn't say throw it away. I shred it. Thank you, Peg. That's great advice. <laughs> Everybody today, if you don't, should have a shredder. Don't just throw that stuff away. Identity theft is running rampant. Um, but the other thing is that I tell clients is, you know what? If you don't have it or you don't save it or you haven't done a good job or you're not organized, the reality is we've got copies of all that stuff that we can get it for you. Um, same thing with my accountant. I keep my tax returns and all that stuff, but my accountant's got it if I lose it or, or whatever. So um, I think it's important that you try to keep track, but there's, there's always a fail-safe or a safety net. And I know now I've talked long enough that we probably don't have time for any more questions. I'm sorry. That's all right. We have one minute. And I guess on this minute, Peg, we want to talk maybe a little bit more about your website, what it offers people. And then again, that email to the office is yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. But uh, talk about your website for the last little bit here of the program this week. Yeah, wealthenhancement.com. We just have a plethora of information. And I believe easy to understand information. I love insights. If you hit insights, because not only can you see our webinars, you can also uh, click on our radio show and all of our programs are there. And I mean, today's show will probably be there tomorrow or the next day. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and I think it's laid out very uh, well to be able to look at the topic and see if it's one you're interested in. Great. Thank you guys so much again. Your money at wealthenhancement.com or one eight 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 six advice. Make it a good one.